What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here for this week's One Last Thing with co-host Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. How are you? Uh, no complaints. Uh, you know, Heading out, uh, going to London, and we want to make sure we got this recorded because uh, I think you've got a really good topic for us today, Slava. And I kind of want to let you introduce it here because I think this is your brainchild. Yeah, so the um, the... Season is a very long thing, right? 17 weeks. Um, I prefer not to, you know, get too high or too low throughout the season. I'll leave the teeth gnashing to, to other folks. But, um, you know, when I, when I look at a game that was as disappointing uh, sort of an execution and performance as last, uh, last week's game against the Steelers, a game that we were in until the end and absolutely should have won running away, I – started to think about like some of the things that we can very realistically clean up in the middle of this season, things that we can basically do with the uh, tools that we have at our disposal. So, you know, for instance, I'm not talking about, um, you know, trading for an offensive tackle if uh, um, either uh, um, either one of the tackles health doesn't prove to be, um, uh, you know, sustainable throughout the season. I'm really talking about more realistic things that, we can do with the players and resources that we have at our disposal. Okay. So, so some specific things that we're going to exclude from this sort of a discussion is how the Ravens fix their offensive tackle woes by trading their one and their two to Minnesota to get, you know, Christian Darasaw or, right. or, you know, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about 
changing their running back and wide receiver room dramatically to to get players that would correct you know for the injuries that are there and we're we're certainly not talking about going out and getting an edge rusher although that might happen later in the season or or additional cornerback depth uh, we're talking about what can you do with what you have on hand to try and improve your chances to win games yeah that's exactly right um you know things that uh, you know things that really illustrate how the margins in the NFL are really so narrow that if you fix you know a b and c which are not that difficult to do or shouldn't be that difficult to do if you expect to be a contending team in the postseason, um, that that you're going to get uh, a, a lot of uh, increase in performance and efficiency. All right, outstanding. So let's come up with a a uh, one of these items you'd like to see fixed, and then I'll do one as well. Yeah, one of these um, one of the things that I'd like to see addressed are these uh, communication breakdowns um, that have been referred to uh, in, in in a number of the. Um, uh, Ravens uh, post-game pressers. I mean, the two largest ones being um, uh, Zay Flowers uh, during the kick return against the Colts, not being aware that he needed to run the ball down to two minutes, and as well as that uh, unexpected snap um, from uh, Linderbaum uh, this past week. Um, you know, Linderbaum did sort of take the uh, hit for that a little bit, um, and, uh, and uh, I think you and a number of other people kind of saw that um, uh, on the all 22 that Zay maybe gave some kind of a thumbs up that he indicated that he understood the situation or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, these, these things are sort of discussed in kind of a nebulous manner um, when, when, you know, speaking to the media and, and it just, it just can't happen. It's, it's situational football, you know, it, the Ravens have left timeouts uh, I think uh, in every single one of these, uh, games so far. I don't think they've used up their timeouts yet. Um, you know, take, if, if you have young players, inexperienced players, whatever the situation is, if it's an unusual situation, take the time to make sure everybody knows what's going on. I'm laying this at Harbaugh's feet because, you know, we, we, we don't know necessarily who's in charge of every single situation, but at the end of the day, you know, the boss is the guy who needs to take responsibility. So I, I'm not sure what the definition of a quality job definition is for a quality control coach necessarily. It's probably much more broad than game management, but maybe there does need to be a game management coordinator um, and somebody who is um, creates a set of terminology that goes with specific situations because players got to understand better what the rules are in every situation. So if you, you know, you, you, you may have a rundown too, or you, but, but you have some word for it, like Geronimo or whatever, that, that, that right. means that we need to get this clock down to two minutes on this return right now. And, and you, you call it, but there needs to be a methodology in the huddle. I mean, the Steelers made an enormous mistake in this game that if the Ravens had made it, I'd have been pissed. I'd have really been pissed. But on the 41-yard touchdown pass to Pickens, he should have knelt it inside the five and they would have just knelt and kicked for the win. And there'd have been nothing the Ravens could have done about it. No chance to come back. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, a, it was an enormous error. When I saw him do it at, at, at the bar, I'm thinking, well, that's bad for the Ravens, but that's an unbelievable mistake. And it's just the kind of thing that, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if the Ravens had done it, I'd, I'd have really been pissed if he'd have scored that touchdown. And I could see Zay Flowers going in on that. I really could. I, I, I don't know that he'd have the on-field awareness to realize, hey, we've got a Neil Neal kick situation. And, you know, I, I'd rather have a 
0.5% chance of losing the game than a 30% chance of losing the game. But that's, that's what the situational awareness is about. And maybe that needs to be a regular coached up element um, that, that they look at for 45 minutes per day. And they have some terminology that basically tells them don't score on this play. If you get a first down kind of thing. Um, it's, it's, it's actually funny that uh, we're having this conversation because just a couple hours ago, Zrebeck tweeted out a photo of uh, Lamar um, chatting with uh, Mike McDonald and as well as the Ravens quality control coach, D- Daniel Stern. And I'm, you know, I, I, I was thinking about this topic and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, I wonder, I wonder what that guy's like exact role is. Um, I'm, I'm not laying it at his feet or anything. Yeah, but Ster- Stern comes from the analytics side and, and he's had, I, I think a very broad impact on the Ravens, but he's, he's on there on field for coaching elements. Um, Matt Weiss kind of had a similar role. I'll say, um, he, he was a Yale economics guy, I think, and he's now a quarterback's coach at Michigan, but he had a, had a I think he had cornerbacks coach for one year for the Ravens, I want to say. So he's, he's been, he's moved along and taken various roles. He started in the organization as kind of basically Harbaugh's assistant. I think mm-hmm. I, I would, I would call him best cause he was in the, he's with the organization in 2011. I know that for a fact, but, uh, uh, but Stern, yeah, I, I, a lot of, uh, I, I all I can say is I think his role is pretty broad in terms of, of what he is um, thought to have responsibility for. Right. Yeah. It's um, uh, whatever, whatever the, you know, whoever's responsible for it, I think somebody needs to be uh, a little bit more uh, aware that these situations are cropping up and we're just not executing uh, during them. And, and, and it's been costly twice. All right, I'll, I'll I'll come up with a second thing, and we'll go we'll go through these a little quicker. I think the offensive line penalties have been a a, a problem again, and the biggest perpetrator is exactly the guy we might have expected it to be, and that's John Simpson. Now the hope was from the preseason he played very well, and he didn't have any penalties. And I thought, well, you know, if you're looking for an area of improvement for John Simpson, if he could just get rid of a good percentage of those penalties. He'd have been a much better player than he was in Las Vegas, obviously. And he had 17 penalties and 1,545 snaps, one every 91 offensive snaps, uh, and they were big ones. Two false starts, 13 holds, and two personal fouls. So that's the wrong kind of relationship for that. I've said that so many times, I, I, I know it by heart. Well, this year, four penalties, three of them holding calls, and one every 48 snaps. And all I can say is the Ravens have not done anything to improve the John Simpson situation, to, to really coach him up on how to, when you need to release, when you're getting outside the frame on a holding call. So most of the time, as we know, holding calls are not necessary to happen. Um, he's been the biggest single problem, but they probably need to have it within the context of a, of a, of a class, probably with some mentorship in terms of a player like Zeitler, who's not often called for a hold, um, talking about wh- what tricks he uses to know when it's time to release. Um, a, a lot of offensive linemen hearing players like Ben Powers talk, will talk about a very sharp degree of focus they have on their opponent, such as looking at the top of the right number on their jersey to try and maintain their their um, hold on that. You also have to have awareness of what's going on around you. Like, where's the football? Be thinking about where's that play going? Where's the football going to be? And at what point is, is my influence on that play over? So any kind of activity outside the frame should be an immediate release and, and uh uh, you know, the consequences be damned because a holding call is very serious. 
Yeah, and hopefully um, Simpson will also have a little bit more consistency on who's playing on the uh, on on his left side as well, um, and, uh, and 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 hopefully that'll uh, be helpful. But yeah, I mean it's it's something that a little targeted coaching certainly couldn't hurt. Um, so I um, the next one that I wanted to talk about was uh, special teams. Uh, special teams has not been super good this year. I think. Uh, um, you know, the, there have been some pretty significant returns um, uh, against the Ravens. And I think that certainly part of it is, I, you know, that we some of our core special teamers have gone down. Tylen Wallace, Daryl Worley. You can't really do a whole lot about that. Um, I sort of think that uh, in, in some cir- circumstances we can maybe stand to be a little bit more conservative um, with our approach. Uh, both to coverage and returns. I mean, I think returns is a little bit easier, certainly like kickoff returns, right? You don't necessarily need to have Devin Duvernay out there doing kickoff returns if he's capable of, um, you know, helping out in another capacity uh, on on the returns. You can really have anybody out there doing a kickoff return and just, uh, you know, catching it and uh, within the 25-yard line kicks it out to the 25-yard line. Um, doesn't matter if it's somebody, who, you know, who's a really valuable player like um, like Kyle Hamilton or something like that, somebody with good hands, as long as the, you're telling them do not return this. I, I mean, I think that's a very valid point. I mean, the, the one of the things about this, and I don't know what the rule is, if you drop the fair catch, can you then advance it? Or are you stuck at that yard line if you drop it, if you don't fair catch it correctly? Right. I, I don't know what the rules are. So it may be that there's actually some risk to a muff of a fair catch inside the 25 that it can't be advanced. If that were true, then you're kind of forced to return it anyway. Right. Um, but I honestly I just don't know the rules. Um, having good fair catch hands out there would take an extra value. They used to put Ed Reed back when they needed designated fair catcher because he was outstanding at it. But maybe they figure out who that guy is on the current Ravens team and put it back there because it doesn't seem to be a, 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 an injury risk to that player. It seems like just a, a, you know, a ball tracking responsibility to, to make sure you, and Duvernay honestly might be the Ravens best guy at it. So I'm not, right. uh, I'm not saying he's not, um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's something, this fits right into the notion that if you're the better team, you want to play small pot poker and you, you, you really don't want to uh, have in, any individual plays have a big impact on the game. If you could avoid it, because your regular plays from scrimmage t- should tend to benefit you. And so you want the, the bulk of plays over a long period of time to help. So the last thing you want is to be put deep in a hole by a holding penalty on a return or when you're kicking it off to, to give the other team, you know, the ball past midfield or potentially risk a touchdown um, to, to uh, you know, to create a lot of variance in that play just does not benefit you as the, as the better team, even though the Ravens might have a, a positive expectation if they try and pooch. Um, it's, it still might not be enough to overcome the variance. So, uh, it's, uh, uh, anyway, it's, it, I, I would, I would completely agree that I think, you know, minimizing the impact of special teams is probably one thing they ought to look at, even though it's been something that's been generally positive for the Ravens over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, it, it, you can, you, you, you might be, um, <clears throat> willing to live with a little bit of a longer return, um, on, on average, but to, to sort of, uh, uh, help eliminate those, um, home run sort of, uh, returns as well. You know, if you're not confident in how those guys are, uh, how your coverage teams are, 
you know, tracking the uh, the um, kick returner, something like that. You know, um, uh, there there are these little things that they can definitely do to maybe, like like you say, take a smaller bet on those plays. All right. Well, let me go to another, and I think this is a fairly obvious one: is is turnovers. The Ravens need to reduce turnovers, and there have been some of them that you just can't avoid. And I think that was probably true of Stanley getting beat as bad as he did on the sack was going to be a forced fumble pretty much no matter what from the blind side like that. Um, but there's been others where Lamar's been on the move um, or Lamar's been handing off to Hill or other things have been going on where, where things are just not going right. So some additional ball security practices would seem to be appropriate at this point, given the amount of trouble they've had it. And, and I know that between 2018 and 19, for example, the Ravens did a lot of things to try and correct ball security, particularly with Lamar, who had a lot of fumbles in that rookie season. Um, and and they, they largely got away from fumbling in 2019. Uh, offense was tremendously efficient. I, I would you know, try and do some self-scouting on what they did to reduce fumbles at that point um, to reduce fumbles here. There was other turnovers from bad decision-making that I think, frankly, some of it's play calling, but but some of it's also just decision-making is – um, th- those kind of, you know, the low percentage fade route, uh, I hate, I really hated it the week before, even though it went to it for a touchdown for Andrews. Um, it wasn't exactly the same route, but it was thrown to the same part of the end zone with even more coverage. And the Mars incredibly fortunate that ball wasn't intercepted. He's, you know, he threw a perfect ball. What are you going to do? He th- threw up a three point shot from mid court effectively and made it. it it's, it's hard to criticize that shot, but it still was a pretty low percentage um, I, I attempt on that on that touchdown pass. But anyway, I, I think you, you know, different ways to secure the football for fumbles is probably the more important thing they could do to reduce turnovers right now. Yeah, and I, I would I would also say that there's a material difference between the throw to Andrews and the throw to um, throw to OBJ was that the, I, I really didn't think anybody other than Andrews was going to come down with that ball. Could could have been, you know, I mean, it would have had to have been an incredible play, right? Not to say it's impossible, but an incredible play. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The, the ball that was thrown to OBJ and why it's such a frustrating decision, um, to say nothing of the play call, is that at, like at best it was ever going to be like a, like a 50-50 ball. I mean, at, at the very best, I, I, I really, he, he, he gave the defender every chance to, to get his hands on that thing. And he did, um, which is, you know, I, I think it was a poor decision. I think it was a silly play call, particularly when you have, you know, I mean, Lamar has been so efficient and effective at the goal line, running it in himself. Uh, the offensive line has done a great job at the goal line. Um, and, and you just have other options. You got a lot of options and, um, and that, you know, was, wasn't happy about that one. I, I definitely like going high over the middle a lot better, which is that's Andrews, OBJ, Aguilar, you know, any of those guys would be good in, in terms of crossing over the middle of the field. Yeah. It's much, much more easy to avoid defenders that way. What they took away, what the Steelers took away in this game, I thought very effectively, was any ability for Lamar to work his magic at the goal line where he moves left to right to find a throwing lane. Mm-hmm. And, and that in, in 2019 in particular – he had that incredible run of never being intercepted in the red zone that was largely fueled by the fact that they never threw any of these BS fade routes. Yeah. You know, other, other teams are doing it and they're, they're basically, they're finding a, a, you know, a, a a laser tag point there to, to hit the receiver. And uh, it just were much more uh, effective doing that. But the the Steelers took that away with their good edge rushing and the fact that the tackles were broken down um, in in terms of any kind of moving left to right. He could have, he could have left the pocket, and, and try and found space. Then you bifurcate the field. You know, you really want to be able to, to to have the option to move in the pocket, a few yards left, a few yards right, kind of thing. And, and that just wasn't there for the Ravens. Yeah, uh, and and you know, of, of the two Lamar turnovers that game, that that one was certainly much more frustrating from the perspective of yeah Lamar. I, I I don't I don't put the you know some people were rolling their eyes at the at the fumble, but I don't put that at on 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 Lamar at all. Yeah, it's really. It was really his only bad play of the game when it comes down to it. It was, the, it was yeah. you know, it was the play. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, speaking of Lamar's only bad play of the game, you know, where uh, everything else uh, from the perspective of you know how he was slinging it throughout the game was 
was really good up until the point where the receivers needed to make the catch. So, um, you know, another thing that the Ravens can uh, certainly do is clean up some drops. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. I agree completely. What do you think of all of the talk that's been going on nationally about the rugby balls? I and I had I hadn't heard about this actually. Okay, so apparently the Ravens have been doing some practicing. I think this is something from the wide receiver coach Lewis brought brought in that that um, they've been trying to catch the ball, catch a rugby ball instead of a football because you have to catch it with two hands. Mm. And so they've been doing some drills of that. Now, first of all, I guarantee you this is just one little drill that they might do for yeah. ten minutes once every two weeks or something. It's not you know it's not going to be a big thing. So. Those total rugby things, it's not like they're practicing with a rugby ball out of a jugs gun. So I think it's much ado about nothing is, is what I'm basically saying. You know, it, most of the catches are made with every other type of drill with the standard football, you know, standard defenders, standard whatever. And, and if there's something going on with a rugby ball, I mean, I think that's just BS in terms of, of doing it. This, this reminds me of... Um... You know, uh, when Andre Agassi was uh, was uh, a much younger man, he was uh, training. He this he wrote about this in an autobiography. He was training, and uh, and his trainer for that day happened to not be available, or he wasn't around, or something. And the guy who was running the training facility where that Agassi was using uh, noticed that, uh, or Andre Agassi noticed that that guy was kind of looking at his sort of training regimen a little funny, and he said, you know. What, what do you think about this? And he's like, well, okay, you're running 10 miles. Do you ever run 10 miles during a match? And Andre Agassi goes, no. So I was like, why, <laughs> then why are you doing, you know, why are you training that way? So I would, I would hope that the Ravens are not, a, um, uh, you know, doing more than what, what you're, um, what you're saying, you know, one or one or two, you know, reps with the, uh, uh, with, with the rugby ball. I've also heard like, um, I think like, uh, like, like catching soccer balls, like they have to really like, you know, you know, uh, catch with their fingers and things like that. I'm sure all that stuff's very important, but, you know, bottom line, it, it was just a, I, I think it sort of showed like a little bit of a poor mental focus um, from, from the receivers on a day. And I think that they let this, you know, first couple drops get in their heads because I, I don't know how you had it charted PFF prior to uh, this game had it charted that a Ravens receiver hadn't dropped a single ball. I don't know how that's possible because I think I remember Duvernay dropping a pretty difficult one earlier, but uh, you know, regardless of how anybody charts it, they hadn't, it's, it's not like drops had been a problem this year. Um, so, you know, I, I think that they, when that sort of comes up, I think the Ravens need to do something a little bit to just kind of get something positive going. Um, you know, if, if the, if the passing game isn't, isn't working, like, you know, maybe you try to do, you know, try to run it a little bit more or try, you know, some of your gadget plays or, 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 or a nice easy one to Andrews or something like that. Um, yeah. uh, but it's I, I, all good. I like the fact that, you know, some of the players who've had difficulties or weren't getting catches, they tried to scheme right into the action during the scripted parts, including that uh, throw to Bateman right off the bat. You know, it's a little eight-yard throw, a little designed roll. I, I don't think Bateman was necessarily the primary, but he's he's the he's the easy secondary target on that throw, and it was, a, it was just nice to see him do that. Really well-designed play, by the way, to take T.J. Watt out of the out of the play there. But I I, I do think. All of the receivers who had drops this last week, they probably want to scheme them back into the offense fairly quickly um, in this game against the Titans. And, and uh, you know, 
Lamar needs to build trust with all these guys. I, I don't know what the situation is with Aguilar after that game. Is he, is he able to you know put that away? Maybe. Um, is Lamar does Lamar still have the same level of trust in him? Uh, Andrews had you know several of the drops. Is is he uh, either two or three? But but it, 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 did he lose any trust with Lamar over this? I hope not because you know I don't know who would have a bigger trust bank account than than Andrews at this point with Lamar's career. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Flowers, but then again, I'm not really concerned about Flowers because there's no other option in terms of who Lamar goes to. What was nice about this game from a, from a thing, and this is some, something that is there, is there were a mess of throws between 10 and 20 yards that Lamar made, and some deeper than that. And that intermediate passing game has been something that's been was really missing. You know, the between level two and level three passing game has been something that's that's been really missing. Um, during the Roman era, much less prevalent. They had a lot of lot of little short, get the ball out quick, you know, turn Marquise Brown into a five yards per target receiver when Huntley is in the game. They've had some of that going on, but they but they they rarely have had a game this good in terms of getting the ball into space to receivers who are open, uh, despite the results. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember the last time I saw a game where I was as thrilled with every single decision that Lamar made I mean I and and I you know I I think Lamar's great but I just really thought this game he was I mean he was finding the open guy the guys were getting schemed open we I I don't I also don't remember the last time we had this many guys wide open Mm -hmm. um and and actually one of the things that I thought was really encouraging was even though you know Bateman had a drop early in the game he went back to him later you know he he wasn't you know you know, put, putting, putting anybody in the Lamar doghouse, right. <laughs> you know, he, he, he was, he was going back to these guys. He was saying, I'm going to take the guy that's open. And, uh, and uh, so I, I, I think he, you know, they need to stick with the game plan and, um, and, and, and guys just need to focus up and make their plays. All right. I think I, I you've done three. I think I have one, one more to go here. I think so. Yeah. All right. So my, the biggest one I have with the current personnel is secondary deployment. And this comes down to an important feature this last week. Now, the Ravens had four guys return. Ronnie Stanley, Marcus Williams, um, uh, Beckham, and it's another defender, and I keep forgetting who this is. This has happened once before, too. Humphrey. Oh, Humphrey. Yeah, yeah. So what I'll say is each of those guys actually contributed to the loss in a significant way. Now, some of it is just it's maybe poor luck. It's maybe – poor game script at that point that actually might be driven by the drops in a lot of way. The fact that the Ravens didn't have more points on the bar board, put them in a position where Marlon was left on an Island late in the game because they had to gamble on a, on a blitz on third and four there. So I, I understand that. Um, but then there's other stuff where I think there may have been a general mantra for everybody to get back on the field. Cause we need everybody. And it's the Steelers this week. And, you know, this is a big game and it was, it was a huge game. But I don't think anything was served by having Marcus Williams back on the field this week when Geno Stone could have been the guy. And I, I, I'd honestly say if he's if his health is not significantly improved from what it was this last week, it'll look like he's playing with one arm. And it, it really shows up in his tackling. Um, it shows up even in his approach to the ball carrier being more cautious and whatnot. And the safeties have some of that anyway, but he's not – you know, he, he's not coming downhill with the kind of abandon that we've certainly seen because he just doesn't have that much to offer as a tackler when he gets there. So he's more trying to angle, you know, players towards the sideline. That had one first down early in the game 
uh, was very notable in that regard. But anyway, the, the point being, you've got a you've got a very fine player back there in Geno Stone who can cover half the back end. You'd love to have both him and Williams available so you could play Hamilton in that nickel spot. But you've also got Arthur Mollad, who's played well enough. And if you if you move Hamilton to the back end with Stone, I think you maintain the Ravens, what has really worked for the Ravens this year. And I'm going to have a separate episode on this, but um, the Ravens' ability to defend the run while in nickel and while in a too high nickel shell specifically has been amazing this year. It's been absolutely amazing. Uh, they've had one of the lowest success rates and one of the highest run into rates uh, of any team in the NFL. And that's, that's exactly, that is the Ravens hallmark. Uh, so it's a function of what their linebackers are doing. It's a function of what their defensive line is doing largely. And it's a function of what Kyle Hamilton can do for you when he's in that nickel role and, and, uh, and coming downhill. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I really want to see the Ravens, um, you know, deploy their secondary in a way, not necessarily that's, 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 uh, um, aligned with who was the better player at the start of the year, who they thought was going to be the better player. If, if Marcus Williams isn't ready to go, the Ravens are just not well served to have him out there. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, they're, they're, you can't call anything other than a breakdown in decision making to let him out there, whether it's Marcus Williams just, you know, telling coaches he's ready when he's, when he's not, which is, you know, a, a thing that many young players will do because um, they want to compete. We understand that. But, um, uh, or, or, you know, the coach is kind of saying, Hey, we need you out there. You know, I, I in the pre-production meeting, we, uh, I mentioned that it, it sort of reminded me a little bit about, um, uh, Derek Mason playing with one arm against, uh, the Cowboys in 2008. The difference was that, uh, you know, Derek Mason really was, you know, one of the only receiving options that the Ravens had. So they absolutely did need him and he was able to function on some level, um, um, uh, you know, he could still run routes, you know, he didn't have to tackle anybody. I mean, he could, he was getting tackled and he was in pain, but he didn't have to tackle anybody, which is one of uh, Marcus Peter, uh, sorry, Marcus Williams, uh, core functions. And, you know, it's, it's really not a good look to have him out there. We have Mollette who can play in the slot and yeah, he's not as good as Hamilton. Okay, sure. But, you know, it's certainly a better option uh, to have two capable safeties uh, and a capable person in the slot than what we trotted out last week yeah and and uh, you know i'm i'm okay with the fact that marcus williams clearly wanted to play that's great i i, I want a competitor like that going to war with that guy week after week i i want him but uh, you know there comes a point and and it was pretty early in this game is i think first first quarter that he allowed the first down on the on near the left sideline where i would have said you know just wow you're, you're playing hurt and you're obviously going to have difficulty tackling this game i, I gotta put gino back out there um, and, you know, Gino ends up playing 19 snaps and effectively a is wasted for this game. And, and when the Ravens really, really needed him. Now, they played great. They played well enough defensively with Marcus Williams in there. Sure. That they certainly didn't lose the game. But they also had Marcus Williams coming on the blitz on that third and four um, where uh, I'm not sure if they would have done it differently and maybe rushed one less to try and get after the quarterback, kept Marcus Williams back as a high safety and he might have had some impact on that play. Don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I'm confident enough to say that what Marcus Williams provided was not sufficient enough to, mm-hmm. to, to, to keep Geno Stone on the uh, on the bench for as as much as he was. Um, so I think I think that was a 
mistake by the staff and uh, to some extent a mistake on Marcus Williams' part. All right. It, it's always great to do the show with you, Slava. Uh, tell folks where they can talk football with you online. I'm on Twitter at Slava Cooperstein. Uh, that's S-L-A-B-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, getting lots of submissions recently, but I'd love to hear from you. Uh, DMs are always open on Twitter. Any kind of thought experiment is good. Uh, any kind of uh, discussion about maybe a particular player you think would make a good Raven or a, a scheme change or whatever it might be. Uh, and, and I really love, I really do love thought experiments specifically. So you have a real idea of, of equating the value of A or B. Uh, and I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, a few years ago when Chad Pennington came to the Orioles, that was in, in the 90s. Great fanfare, tremendous strikeout to hit ratios at AAA. And the Ravens, the Orioles, sorry, did not have a lot of great AAA players at the time. So it was a big deal whenever a, whenever a, a really promising guy came up. And a friend of mine asked me, if you could just turn in um, Brad Pennington to the Brad Pennington, Brad Pennington to the league uh, for a certain number of wins, how many would you do it for? That kind of thought experiment is is really interesting to me. It doesn't have any bearing on what can be done necessarily with football, but it helps build a framework for us of, of, of a, a, what's a what's a good thought. So anyway, thought experiments always welcome. Love to hear from you. Uh, and I'll just say uh, for for Slava for Slava Cooperstein, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye. We'll talk to you next week on one last thing. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.